0: The following Noble Path Talk is part of an informal series offered to Sangha members over Zoom during monthly online meetings for those who've been practicing at the Zen Center of New York City, Fire Lotus Temple. Each Sangha member shares their experience of how they came to find the Dharma and how their practice has been developing. We hope you enjoy the diversity of voices and experiences. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Ho Jin and uh, you also have my open heart and my open mind on this rainy day. Thank you. Thank you, Hojin, and, and good evening to everyone. Uh, very uh, moved to be uh, here tonight and, and be able to share a bit of my, my journey. So I will, I will start with um, how I think one experiences the world as a, as a kid and I think it's through the senses and because the senses are our oldest memories, they stay with us and sometimes um, in a dormant state. Sounds did the trick for me when I was a kid. I like to think that the first unfamiliar sounds I consciously heard came from the street vendors in Mexico City. These vendors were hawking their products as you passed them. Llévelo, 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 llévelo. They would call. <laughs> the modulations in their intonations were magic to me. With I heard one day. It didn't sound Spanish nor French, the two languages my parents spoke me in. The word was sonorous but also threatening. It was mysteriously rich with silopostli, too many vocals and consonants lumped together. I quickly found out that in the Aztec religion, Witsilopostli was the god of war, sun, and human sacrifice. The strange sounding name was fitting. I was both terrified but also fascinated why am i sharing my memories about words and sounds with you tonight because i suspect that in my journey to practice sounds and words have been signposts of my waxing and waning intimacy with the world when i was a student in paris in the early 90s i decided to change my name from diego to rafael rafael i wanted The name to sound more French. I also thought Rafael sounded more open and sonorous in French. You know, in the French language, stress is placed on the final syllable. So Diego felt not only foreign, but also a bit harsh, almost nagging. Diego. So I changed it to Rafael. I remember the reaction when I asked my dad to forget Diego and call me Rafael instead. Are you also undertaking a sex reassignment? I was not surprised by this unskillful remark. My dad is a kind Frenchman, but very much raised in the traditional bourgeois forms. My mother, an otherwise very progressive journalist and writer, was mortified that I was rejecting my Mexican roots. But I felt somehow empowered under my new name. Negating for my former identity was in a way liberating, a fresh beginning. With it came bigger than life ambitions to start a career in French politics. Why not? It made sense as a political science student. Now I see that what I was really wanting is to belong, to sound and act like a Frenchman. Little I knew then that with the change of name came also new conditionings and restrictions of my own making. First and foremost, I had to get rid of a slight accent that betrayed my foreign roots. I also began mimicking the looks, attitudes, and and behaviors of my French classmates. I even went back into the closet and presented my then boyfriend as just a friend. My sex and love life moved to the clandestine shadows. It was a frightening time to go clandestine again in the early 90s, in the midst of the AIDS pandemic. But there was beauty in me wanting to start a new life. How does one assert a new form if it's not by negating something else? And yet, what appeared to be poetic was also fueled by what I now know as the three poisons, anger, greed, and delusion. It also increased my sense of separation instead of affirming my sense of belonging. Make the smallest distinction and and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart, says the faith mind poem. That's how I felt, torn between who I was and the public persona I had constructed in France. Rafael sounded inauthentic, and siloposli sounded remote. One day, a friend candidly inquired about whatever had happened to the Diego she had used to appreciate so much. In a lightning bolt, I realized how estranged I had become from myself. I decided to change course, reclaim my birth name, Diego, and go back to Mexico. When I I was a teenager, I was exposed to journalism and the world of journalists through my mother. I would accompany her to interview the seamstresses that had survived in the 1985 earthquake in Mexico City and listen to the terrifying stories. Entire buildings in the garment district of Mexico City had collapsed because of the heavy machinery used by the sweatshops, killing hundreds of seamstresses. Journalism was very much on my mind when I moved from France to Mexico, so I decided to give it a try. Words and sounds became once again a shelter, if not a refuge. I would write just about anything happening around the world, In 1998, I flew to Guatemala a few hours after the assassination of Bishop Girardi, the head of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, investigating the atrocities of the Guatemalan Civil War. That year, I had also been sent to Cuba to report on the first visit of the Catholic pontiff, John Paul II, to the island. After seven years of trying to find the best headlines, the catchy headlines, I grew tired of words being used to simplify reality instead of conveying its complexity. Was it Cuba that was opening to the world with the visit of the Pope, or was it the world that was opening to Cuba? Those were the discussions with my fellow journalists, and I thought, this is not where I want to be. (laughs) As Shugen Roshi reflected this last Sunday, when language is used to comfort it leads to objectification and a narrower world. That was precisely how I would feel at times during my years in journalism. Too many clever and enticing headlines and not enough reflection about what we were reporting on. That discomfort with words being hollowed out did not disappear when I quit journalism in 2004. As I speak I continue to struggle when I encounter that dissonance between language and reality. I very much believe in the human rights mandate of the United Nations, where I have worked for the last 15 years. But I'm also aware of the degree to which the language around human rights has become commodified. In my own area of expertise, ending gender-based violence, I resent more and more how removed our discussions can be from the very real suffering caused to real people by our patriarchal societies. In many occasions, I cannot help conjuring up the famous line by Gertrude Stein, rose is a rose, is a rose, is a rose. As for Gertrude Stein's rose, today we use the same words that were enshrined in the 1948 Universal Declaration of Human Rights, but do what do we mean by them? Too much diplomatic or trading, too little time to sit and reflect. The rose of human rights feels at times far removed from the original rose. Or was it a rose? This last Sunday, through the koan of Jushi's finger, Shugen Roshi touched upon the aspect of the practice that has been both most insightful and challenging for me. How do we use our mind to relate to the true nature of things? And by true nature of things, I I also understand the true beauty of things and and the the beauty of life. As I have shared with you, uh, or I have tried to share with you tonight, for a long time I thought that acting upon my deepest desire would allow me to experience true beauty. When I changed my name from Diego to Rafael, I had the desire to be more intimate with the beauty around me in France. However, over the years, I have learned that becoming more intimate with beauty doesn't need to be tortured. You don't need to be a tortured poet. In fact, experience has shown me the opposite. My relationship with my life companion has grown both more intimate and less dramatic. I'm very grateful to him for that little miracle. That doesn't mean that our darkest impulses and patterns disappear. Not at all. But I can now understand better what Shugen Roshi refers to when he says that through practice, we can see the whole catastrophe unfolding without acting upon it. Another delusion that has become less tenacious through practice is my over-reliance in verbal communication. It must be the Judeo-Christian legacy of the written word, I think. For a long time, I generally thought that the verbal language would take me there. And, as you know, there is no there there, as our companion Gertrude Stein had already told us. Indeed. But even now that I understand that there is no there to go to, I still look up to what words and sounds can accomplish together. They are so seductive. When I first came to the temple in 2017, I was drawn to the study of the Dharma. I devoured the book, Living by Vow, by Shohaku Okumura, that Goken Goken, had brought to the temple. Thank you, Gokan, for, for that reference. I would send Joko Beck's Nothing Special as a gift to friends with whom I wanted to share my excitement of encountering the Dharma. I also then realized that maybe I was going too far. I was trying again to control my experience through the written word. And by sticking to that pattern, I was falling in that infamous spiritual materialism. I had to cut through it with silo postling. Just be open to the sound and experience that initial kid's wonder. Remember how your heart vibrated when the bell first rang the first time you came to the temple in a warm June morning. How the monotonous and hypnotic rhythm of the heart sutra filled your body with unspeakable joy. Remember how much you felt the Sangha's company during your first session without having exchanged a single word with anyone for four days. Remember how an unexpected, almost tangible gesture of kindness during those days supported your wobbly part- practice. And the chance. You still have no idea what the Emei Juku Kanon Gion is precisely about, as I'm sure maybe many of you are not. And, and yet, there is so much there for me every time we, we chant that together. I could go on for hours about the non-verbal joys of the Zen practice. I will just add that the art practice with Hojin Sensei has also been an eye-opener about nonverbal creativity. No wonder that the Pisces' astrological powers loom large on that practice, Hojin Sensei and my own astrological chart. And yet, I still want to explore the power of words through practice, the words of the koans for the walls they shatter and not for their literal meaning, the words of a haiku as a bridge to nature and the nature of things, the sounds around me and inside me as doors, my accent when I go to, back to France or while I speak with you in English, my accent as a creative expression, all of that can be included. I remember one of my first conversations with Hojin Sensei. I shared with you, Hojin, my devotion to the very Catholic and very Mexican Lady of Guadalupe. And I asked you whether it would be convenient to include an image of the Mexican Madonna in my new Buddhist altar at home. You warmly encouraged me to include her in my altar, you know, and you said any guests that would make sense to you and your practice, include them, include, include, include. So tonight I want to include all of you in expressing my gratitude to the fire Lotus temple and the mountains and rivers order. It has been an incredibly rich and loving journey journey to be part of this Sangha. Huitzilopochtli sounds as magical as when I first heard the word many years ago, more than 40 years ago, but it has a whole different meaning today, thanks to you. So, and this is uh, paying tribute to all uh, of the, you know, contributions that, All of you have have made to my experience of of the sangha and that's why i'm moved and and, i'm so grateful to all of you thank you thank you diego so much that was wonderful to listen to yeah thanks for listening did you know that zen mountain monastery is live streaming all dharma talks and daily zazen during the coronavirus quarantine Visit our website to learn about all the online programs being offered at this time. Just go to ZMM.org and click on the link at the very top of the page, or scroll down and click on Retreats.